You may be seated. So I want to tell this morning, uh, no more limits because we have faith in the blood. So turn with me over to Romans, the third chapter. We'll look at a few verses here. Romans chapter 3. And notice with me in verse 21. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe. For there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has sent forth to be a propitiation, a restoration, hallelujah, through faith in His blood, to declare His righteousness for the remissions of sins that are past through the forbearance of God, to declare, I say at this time, His righteousness, that He might be righteous, and the righteousness of Him which believeth in Jesus. So when you have faith in the blood of Jesus, you understand this, that Jesus Christ on the cross took your sinful condition. He took your sinful condition. He took my sinful condition that we may take upon ourselves his righteous condition. You see, the Bible says that he made him sin to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. So this righteousness is not something that we earn. It's not something that we attain to. But this right standing with God is a free gift. And so we receive this free gift by faith because we have faith in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. I prophesy to today that your days of condemnation and inferiority and insecurities are over with. Because you have been taken out of Satan's kingdom of condemnation and you've been translated into the kingdom of God, which is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, when you get a revelation of what the blood of Jesus has done for you and that how he's placed you in right standing with God, it'll cause the joy of the Lord to rise up on the inside of you. I believe that the righteous should rejoice and be exceedingly glad because the blood of Jesus has been shed and the blood of Jesus has been applied to our hearts. Amen. So when you have faith in the blood of Jesus, you don't have to live a life of fear or worry. You don't have to live a life of looking around your shoulder. No weapon formed against you is going to prosper. <clears throat> no evil is going to befall you. Neither shall any plague come nigh your dwelling. Because you stand as the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And you stand without a sense of guilt, fear, or condemnation. You're not afraid of the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flies by day because the head of the church is on your side and hey of God before you what difference does it make who be again you Woo, glory to God hallelujah so faith in his blood takes the limits off faith in his blood gives you a peace that passes understanding from the book of Colossians in chapter 1 and verse 20 We see here that faith in the blood of Jesus, this reconciliation has taken place 2,000 years ago. It says, in having made peace through the blood of his cross. 
You see, we were on the outside looking in. But thank God the middle wall of partition has been broken down. And now we are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Amen. No more foreigners. But fellow citizens and saints with the household of God. We have been made the righteousness of God. And we have been given the peace of God by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. So therefore, take no thought for your life. Saying, what am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? What am I going to have to wear? Your father knows that you have need of all these things. See, all these things the world system seeks after. All of those things the Gentiles spend all their time on me, myself, and I. This world system is based on a selfishness that has one thing in mind. Me, myself, and I. But we are not of that kingdom. We are of a different kingdom. And we should not be worried about what we're going to eat after church today. By the looks of things, we're all eating pretty good. I said, by the looks of things, we're all eating pretty good. And by the looks of things, you're all dressing really good. And by the looks of things, praise God, you look like you had a shower. So you must have had some shelter over your head. Don't spend your life after insignificant, trivial pursuits, but rather pursue and seek after the kingdom of God, his way of being and doing right. And all these other things are going to be added unto you. My God is not the God of decrease. He is the God of increase. When you sell your life out to him and you put him first place in your life and you seek him first with a pure heart and with a righteous heart, he's going to add to you, brothers and sisters. He's not going to rob from you. He's not a thief like the devil. He is the one who came to give us life. Woo! Life abundantly. So stop listening to the devil. Stop listening to the lies of the devil that he's going to take you out at a young age. Stop listening to the devil to tell, to, that would tell you you're going to be homeless. Stop listening to his lies that tells you that there's no way out and that you're hopeless. Take no thought saying, where am I going to live? Take no thought saying, oh, I'm going to die young. Take no thought saying, oh, I just don't know how I'm going to pay my PG&E bill. But rather take and think and meditate on the thoughts of Almighty God. God says, I know the thoughts that I think toward you. And he's placed his thoughts about you in 66 books from Genesis to Revelation. Here's what his thoughts are about you. That I am Jehovah Rapha, your healer. That I am Jehovah Rahab, the Lord, your shepherd. I am Jehovah Shalom. I am your peace. You see... The thoughts of the enemy come to each and every one of us. Thoughts to tear us down, thoughts to bring us down, and thoughts to bring torment into our lives. But we are warned by the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, therefore, take no thought saying. You see, the way that we take the enemy's thoughts is we begin to think on them. We begin to dwell on them. And then we start saying what we're hearing in our soul. Or in our mind. And then we begin to act on them and then become a reality in our lives. Listen, here is the key to overcoming every thought that the enemy brings to your mind. Number one, resist it. 
Number one, resist it. I mean, when those thoughts come to the city of your soul, you ought to go into RM. RM is the resisting mode. And here's how you resist the devil. You resist the devil in the name of Jesus. You resist the devil with the word of the living God. Everything he tells you that is untrue, you've got to resist it with the truth. Amen. You must say it is written, declare it is written, have what is written deep in your heart, and then open your mouth and raise up your voice and declare what God has written about you. Someone say, RM is the resisting mode. And then you go into the area of replacing those thoughts. Replacing those thoughts with God's thoughts. What are God's thoughts concerning your health? What are God's thoughts concerning your financial prosperity? What are God's thoughts concerning your freedom from fear? What are God's thoughts concerning your children? What are God's thoughts concerning your well-being? Get filled with the Holy Spirit and filled with the thoughts of God. And you'll be able to put the devil on the run every time he comes with his lies. Woo! Glory to God. And so, by faith in the blood of Jesus, we've been put into right standing with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. By faith in the blood of Jesus, we have been given a peace that passeth all understanding. You know, you just can't figure it out sometimes how much you have so much, how you can have so much peace on the inside when hell seems to be breaking loose on you on the outside. Why is that? Because the Prince of Peace lives on the inside of you. And here's what the Prince of Peace said he would do for you. He said, I will keep you in perfect peace if you will just keep your mind and your thought life stayed on me. Now let's lift up our hands and tell the Lord right now, in the name of Jesus, I purpose in my heart to keep my mind and to keep my thoughts stayed upon you. For you are the Prince of Peace. And I receive the peace of God that passes all understanding. Come on, let's give the Lord a big shout right now. Glory to God. Amen. Now what else will faith in the blood of Jesus do for you? Faith in the blood of Jesus will give you a boldness beyond this world. You know, in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 19, it says, Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holy of holies by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. There is a place where you and I belong. It is the secret place of the Most High God. There is a place where our Father longs for His children to come. There is a throne of grace where we can come boldly and obtain mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. So don't let anything or anyone keep you away from coming into His presence. Now, why is that? Because in the presence of God, you will experience something that you have never experienced before. 
in the presence of God, you will not only experience the person of Jesus Christ, but you will experience the power and the glory and the fullness of joy that only He can give you. In Psalm 16, I want you to look at that in verse 11. Psalm 16 and verse 11. So there's boldness by faith in the blood. Boldness to come to the throne of grace. In Psalm 16 and verse 11 it says, He will show me the path of life. He said, In thy presence, what is found in his presence? In his presence, there is a fullness of joy that takes place. And at thy right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Did you know that when you come into the presence of God, that there comes an exchange into your lives? You see, some days you may feel weak. You may feel beat up. But when he says for you to come to the throne of grace and wait upon him, here's what will happen. You will exchange your strength. You will exchange your strength for his strength. And then you'll be able to face the things that you couldn't face yesterday with a brand new boldness today. Why? Because you've taken time to be saturated in his presence. You've taken time for the fullness of his joy to saturate you to the degree that you become stronger and stronger in the Lord day by day and in the power of his might. Oh, thank God. So don't allow people to keep you out of his presence. Let me say it to you like this. Don't allow your busy schedule to keep you from coming to him. Don't allow the noises and the distractions of this age to dilute and to minimize the absolute necessity of coming to him. He says, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. Come unto me, all of you that are burdened out and even burnt out by life's circumstances and burnt out by the routines of lives. Come unto me. Come unto me. Come unto me. Come boldly to my throne. Not sneaking in the back door. But come right in the front door. And he says, here's what I will do. He said, I will give you rest. He says, I will refresh your soul. And I will refresh your life from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. You will have a renewal of joy and a renewal of strength and it will seem as if you just got back from a 21-day cruise from Hawaii. All fat and sassy. All happy and rested. Woo, glory to God. There's a joy that Jesus gives us that this world just doesn't know anything about. Absolutely. Now, when you think of all of the stuff that is going on in America today, and I like a good football game as much as anybody likes a good football game. 
And I like the Super Bowl. And I even like the teams in the Bay Area. (laughs) But I'm not going to let any team keep me out of the presence of God. I'm not going to let any bowl, hallelujah, keep me out of the throne of grace. And so people, I'm telling you, they're gathering by the thousands today. Thousands upon thousands upon thousands. And they've got their Budweiser lined up. You see, they just think, if I could just have another Bud... All my problems would go away. It's not faith in bud that matters. It's faith in the blood. I said it's not faith in bud. It's faith in the blood. Why drink the false when you can get filled with the real? My Bible says, but be being filled with the Holy Ghost. And listen, friend. He'll bring a joy into your life that in the natural realm, it seems like it's unexplainable. Turn me to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18 and 19. 1 Peter 1. I believe this, that the saints of God ought to be the happiest people in the whole world. I believe that those that are in right standing with God, that have faith in the blood of Jesus, ought to be filled to overflowing with joy. In 1 Peter chapter 1, he says, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by the tradition from your fathers. Verse 19, read it with me. But with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. We weren't redeemed with natural things, but we were redeemed with the supernatural blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now let's drop back to verse 8 of that same chapter. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 8. Look at this verse of scripture. Are you ready to shout a little bit today? It says, Whom having not seen, how many have not seen the Lord yet? I'm talking about with your natural eyes, but there's coming a day where we're gonna. Hey, I got a word for you, heart of the bay. Jesus is coming soon. Now, that didn't work very well. Let me say it one more time. Jesus is coming. Ooh, glory to God. Somebody said, yeah, that's what they said back in Paul's day. You better be careful not to scoff at the word of the Lord. The coming of the Lord draweth nigh. The Lord does not live by tick-tock. One day with the Lord is as a and a thousand years as I'll be 65 years old on November 5th. That means I'm about an hour old. You're about 33 and a half years old. You're about 30 minutes old. God doesn't see time like we see time. When we say that the Lord is coming soon, it could be years and years and years. But with the Lord, it's just like a second in time. Say it with me real strong. My Jesus, Jesus. he's a coming soon. soon. 
but he's not coming after a beat up, burnt out, hiding in a cave, eating brown rice, hunting down tribulation food. He's coming back after a glorious church. He's coming back after a body that looks just like him. Amen. Woo, glory. What happened to my scripture? Don't take my scripture away from me. Whom having not seen, do you still love him? In whom, though you see him not, yet believing. We got any believers in the house today? That's about 25% of you. What about the rest of you? Any believers in the house? Yet believing. Here's what you do. You rejoice with joy and unspeakable and full of glory. Woo, glory to God. It is the time of our joy right now. It is a time for the righteous to rise up and be glad, no more longer sad, though we've not seen them, yet we believe we shall. And here's what we're going to do. Because the blood has been shed, we are rejoicing with joy unspeakable, and we're about to get filled with the glory of God. Amen. And so, faith in the blood gives us boldness before the throne of God. And faith in the blood gives us boldness where the devil's concerned. Stop talking about all the devil's doing. Stop talking about all the devil's done. Start expecting on all that the devil will do. And start looking back and rejoicing in all that Christ has done. Be glad and happy today in all that he is doing today. He is our high priest and he's ever living to make intercession for us. And then smile at your future with great expectancy because Jesus is not done yet. And he is saving the best for the last. I said he's saving the best for the last. As far as I'm concerned, there's no better time to be alive. In the world, it's the worst of times. But if you will get in faith and operate in faith in the power of God and faith in the blood and faith in the word of God for the church, it will be the best of times. Yeah, I know sin abounds on one hand, but on the other hand, the grace of God, the glory of God, the goodness of God, the manifest presence of God is abounding more. Amen. So don't live your life like this. Whoa. Oh, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? No, live your life bold by the blood. Don't back down for one moment where Satan is concerned. Don't let him see your reaction of fear. We are not of those that are fear-filled. We are those who have been brought into the kingdom for such a time as this that are filled with faith and filled with the Holy Spirit. And we who do know our God in this day and in this hour, we're going to be strong. I said we're going to be strong and we're going to do great exploits. Now in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 28, look at that scripture with me. Let me ask you a question. Did do you ever see a time where Jesus backed down from the devil? Do you see a time when he was tempted of the devil? He absolutely was tempted. 
and you will be tempted as well. But Jesus never backed down from the enemy. The main reason why is this, is because he had a relationship with his father. You'll see in the pages of the four Gospels that Jesus was constantly connecting with his father. The scripture says he'd rise up a great while before day and he would go into a place apart to pray. He would be getting, head, he would be getting uh, directions and assignments from headquarters. He lived in such a relationship with his father that he said this, I always do those things that please him. He said, whatever I see the Father do, that's what I'm going to do. Whatever I hear the Father say, that and that only is what I'm going to say. What a great, great principle to live by. Amen? In communion with the Father. Now notice this. Jesus was not intimidated, nor did he ever back down from any satanic attack because he knew this one truth. He knew that his Father was greater than everything. In John chapter 10, he says, My Father is greater than all. Think about that. The Father of the universe, the God of all mercies, He is greater than anything or everything that we have ever faced or will face in our future. Say it with me. My Daddy, He is greater. He's greater than all. Now think about that. Not only is he greater, but he's placed the greater one on the inside of you. And he's told us explicitly in 1 John 4 and verse 4, he said that you are of God, little children, and you have already overcome them. Man, that's good news. Why? Because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Say that with me twice. Greater Greater is he he that is in me than he that is in the world. Now let's say it together. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. Now look at Philippians 1 verse 28. He never backed down. He never was afraid. But he always faced the intimidator with the word of God by the power of the Holy Spirit. Look at this in verse 28 and read it with me. Ready? Read. It says, And in nothing terrified by your adversaries, which is to them an evident token of perdition, but to you of salvation and to that of God. So what this is saying to us is that we do not have to be tormented by the tormentor. In 2 Timothy uh, chapter 1 and verse 7, let's pull that up there and let's look at this verse of scripture. Say with me, I have faith in the blood. It's placed me in right standing with God. Through faith in the blood, I have a peace that passes understanding. And through faith in the blood, I am bold toward the throne of grace. And I'm bold where the enemy is concerned. Now here's why. Look at this scripture. For God, this God who is greater than all. This God who Jesus said, I always do those things that please him. This God has not given us what? He's not given us the spirit of fear. Now, would you not agree with me that fear is everywhere present? 
But fear is not on the inside of you. Fear is on the outside of you. And our job is to keep the fear outside and keep the faith strong on the inside. Now, what has he given us? He's given you a spirit of power. He's given you a spirit of what? And he's given you a what? He's given us a sound mind. Soundness of mind belongs to the children of God. Now listen to this. Faith in the blood always causes us to triumph. Faith in the blood always causes us to triumph. Amen. I'm telling you here today that the blood of Jesus has the power within itself to make you a winner in every area of your life. Some of the finest horses in the entire world that are bred in Lexington, Kentucky. Some of those horses, I'm told, are literally worth millions and millions of dollars. The actual breeding fee for one particular horse that had a champion producing bloodline was $600,000. These horses were so expensive because, why? Because they had the bloodline, come on, the bloodline of a champion. And I'm here to tell you that Jesus Christ is the champion son of God. And in Christ, he has established a bloodline of champions. In 1 Peter 2.9, it says this, that we are a chosen generation. We are a royal priesthood. We are a holy nation. That does not sound like that you and I are a mess. We were a mess. But now we got a message. And the message is this. The blood has been shed. And in Christ, I have the bloodline of the champion of the universe living on the inside of me. Because when you got born again, you became an heir of God. And I became a joint heir with Jesus Christ. In 1 Peter 1.23, it says it like this. You don't need to turn there. It says, being born again. Not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. Which means the seed that we have been born of God of cannot be destroyed. The seed on the inside of you of the new birth is incapable of being destroyed. The world did not give it to you and the world can't take it from you. So I've been born again, you've been born again, not of corruptible seed but of incorruptible by the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Say it with me, through Jesus Christ, God has established the bloodline of a champion. The same life that is in him is in me. Hallelujah. Woo, glory to God. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen a thoroughbred before. And I haven't seen many, but I've seen some thoroughbreds on television before. How many of you have seen a thoroughbred before? One thing about a thoroughbred is this. 
is they walk differently. They conduct themselves differently. They don't look like old beat up mules. When you look at a thoroughbred, you're not looking at a beat up old mare or a beat up old mule. A thoroughbred walks differently. We could say that thoroughbreds even strut. Why? Because thoroughbreds know who they are. How many of you remember the movie Seabiscuit? Seabiscuit was one of the most remarkable horses in history. Way back in 1938 to 1940, Americans literally thronged to racetracks to watch this small, ungainly racehorse, and Seabiscuit became a champion. And I read something the other day that I want to read to you, and it's called The Race of the Century. The race of the century basically was War Admiral versus Seabiscuit. And War Admiral was having a tremendous year, but Seabiscuit was kind of like the underdog because it had come back through a tragic injury, and everyone was rooting for Seabiscuit. Listen to this. Almost everyone expected War Admiral to streak to the lead, but it was Seabiscuit, carefully trained to bolt full force from the starting line, who shot to the lead and then set the pace. He was out in front of most of the race, but on the back stretch before the last turn, in an unorthodox move, Seabiscuit's jockey that day, George Wolfe, slowed him down. Slowed him down. Until War Admiral caught up. And so War Admiral caught up and they were neck and neck. And here's what his manager said to the jockey. Just let that big fancy horse War Admiral get right up next to him and look him in the eye. And he said, that's all it will take. He said he will begin... To run to parts unknown. And that's just what Seabiscuit did. He pulled away from that war admiral in the stretch. Winning the race by four lengths. I've seen that movie and I've noticed the eye. Meeting the eye of the other horse. And I'm here to tell you, my beloved. That sometimes... All it takes is circumstances to look you right in the eye. And something kicks in on the inside of you. Because there's a champion that's been bred in you. It is in your blood. The blood of Jesus has made you a champion. I'm not looking at a people that are in second place or third place. You've all been raised up together and made to sit together in heavenly places. You have joint seating with the king of the universe. So as you're running your race in your life, 
And things try to beset you and things catch up with you and seem like they're ready to pull you down. Just let that sickness and disease, just let that lack, just let that hopelessness look you right in the eye. And kick in in the name of Jesus. Begin to run your race because the blood of Jesus is taking you and I all the way to the finish line. The blood of Jesus is taking us all the way into the winner's circle. Whatever is born of God, it overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. It's faith in the finished work of Christ. It's faith in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so this morning, we're ready to receive communion in just a moment. But I think that it's very important because I'm going to have Brenda come during the time where we hold up the cup, which represents the blood of the Lamb that's broken for us. And we're going to start applying the blood. And we're going to take in the name of Jesus... We're going to plead the blood of Jesus over situations and circumstances that have tried to hold us back. Thank you for your enthusiasm. I really appreciate it. Hallelujah. I read something recently that is so important. Jack Hayford says this. When we talk about pleading the blood of Jesus, we're not talking about begging. Believers are not beggars. He says this, pleading the blood should not be considered a desperation exercise. God has not called us to come begging before him. And then he goes on to say, pleading the blood of Jesus is not the superstitious application of a magic formula of words. He says, rather, it is a spiritual dynamic that is being applied. The power of the blood of Jesus is greater than both the energy of our own humanity and that of the adversary. The power that saves us is the power that releases, delivers, neutralizes the enterprises of hell and the weaknesses of the flesh. He said this. The appropriation of the power of the blood in tough situations is intended for every believer in Christ to know and to understand and to employ. He said, pleading the blood of Jesus is a heaven-given resource that grants us a license to stand in dominion over all the works of hell. He said, we can use it in the same sense. I like this. Then an attorney stands before the courts and makes a plea on legal grounds based upon a body of evidence. Brother Jack says, when you and I come before the court of heaven and in every circumstance that we face, we have the legal right through the blood of Jesus Christ to enter a plea and to lay claim to the evidence. His slain body is shed blood at the cross which neutralizes the power of sin, the power of affliction, the power of death, and the power of hell. Say it with me in the name of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus. And lastly, I love this. 
He says, when we plead the blood, we're to do so in the understanding sense with the firepower of the supernatural. And on the basis of the body of evidence and through the blood of Jesus Christ, all hell has been broken in its power. All sin neutralized. The power of death overwhelmed. And every human need paid once and for all.